This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Dan Epperson and Ruth Steele from In Concert. The In Concert season starts shortly. Folks, welcome to the program. Thanks. Now, how long has In Concert been bringing music to the Valley? I think you were both part of the original board. Right, yeah. John Carmain was, was one of the founders. Oh, wow, he I didn't and, know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he and uh, the, the Powers, Bob and Jenny Powers, mm-hmm. and uh, Karstens. They got together and, and started asking friends, which we were, if we'd get together and maybe bring some classical music in the Valley, and that was the beginning. And do you recall a, a couple of the first acts? First group we brought in was uh, from CSU Pueblo, except I think it was something else at that time, another name. But the uh, head of the music department there and his wife and daughter came and performed. Uh, what year is this? Uh, this is our 18th year, and uh, actually when we go into our last concert, we will have been 19. Wow. Now, the upcoming concert is the Rostrelli's Cello Quartet. It's Sunday, October 24th. They're described as playing Bach, Samson, uh, Tchaikovsky, as well as the Beatles, Gershwin, and Brubeck. Uh, this kind of mix of classical with a little bit of pop or jazz thrown in seems a popular format for in concert. We've done that before with other groups, and it's been a big hit. People seem to like that mix. We have a few people in the audience who are purists who say they want us just to stick to the classics, but most people seem to enjoy the mix. <laughs> well, the groups that we've brought here are uh, audience-wise, I, I would call them, so that they know that they've got to have some kind of variety, and classical music is, is uh, what they came for, but they also know that there's going to be another group there. They, they always enjoy adding a little pop music. The musicians from the Rostrelli Cello Quartet are from Russia. They're currently living in Germany, I understand. How did they find their way to the Wet Mountain Valley? Their agent uh, is the same agent that we had hired one of our earlier performers, Lindsay Deutsch, who was a violinist and came with a trio called Take Three. And her mother is actually the head of our agency. And she contacted us and said, I think, I have a group that you would really enjoy. And we kept that in mind. It was several years ago that she said that. But we finally managed to make it happen. So tell me about the specifics of this first concert. Have they sent you a program? I have, a, have it in front of me now. Can you share a few details? Well, it starts out with some Russian folk songs, moves into two excerpts from Pierre Gint by Edvard Grieg, some Brahms, Piazzolla, after the intermission, they do some Henry Mancini and the Beatles songbook, which has a wide selection of Beatles songs. So if folks needed tickets for the upcoming concert, how would they pull that off? There's for sale at Candy's Coffee and all the range on Main Street or at the door an hour before the performance. Might people be shut out at the door if they took that route? It's very possible because uh, seating is limited between 50 and 60 people because of COVID. And usually we have around 80 at our concerts. 
let me ask about a few other things coming up. You've got two other concerts. Uh, one of them is the Levin Davin Duo, which is harp and guitar. Emily Levin on harp and Colin Davin on guitar. What do they bring to the stage? Emily has been here before with the Colorado Chamber Players. Uh, she's the principal harpist for Dallas Symphony and was really pleased to be invited to come back. And was they're playing a little bit more strictly classical music, but arranged for harp and guitar. And they've done some playing together. She asked about, when we invited her back, she asked about bringing along a, her guitar-playing friend, Colin Davin, and uh, we said, oh, that sounds like a, a good match. We'll, we'll take it. I've got that down as February 6th for that second concert. That's correct. One thing I like about in concert is you hold your concerts in the fall and winter when not much else is going on. So folks are looking for something to do. That was part of our intent when, we, when the group was first formed, that we sort of bring music in during the off-seasons the uh, fall, winter, and spring. And classical music probably works best indoors as opposed to the outside festivals that some of us hold. It's a little more intimate. It can be very quiet. That's part of it, yeah, for sure. We have offered uh, some of the groups actually the outdoor possibility, but usually they're stringed instruments and uh, it's not good for the weather, you know. They get the the sun, the heat, the temperatures, and stuff like that on them. So they usually prefer inside. And hauling the Steinway out on the plaza is probably not uh, not the best thing for uh, for that instrument. Let me ask about the Veronica String Quartet, who, as we've said, have been here before. May eighth, they will be taking the stage. That group formed. In Moscow in 1989, I understand. That's true. So they've been around a long time. They have. They came to Pueblo, and they were hired by the symphony and by the university for musicians in residence and a quartet in residence. And that's what brought them to this area. And they're currently still in the front range, so they're close by. They're not associated with the university anymore. The, one of them, I think, teaches there, but uh, they're kind of uh, between the uh, Colorado Springs Symphony and the Pueblo Symphony. I know in the past, on the Monday after the concert on Sunday, uh, the musicians tended to go to the schools. Is that still happening to get with the students? That's right. One of our goals of the group of uh, in concert is to bring music to the valley, and not just to the adults who happen to come to our concerts, but to the students in, in the school as well. One of the things that has happened, we've seen the audiences at the school really learn how to behave and how to accept musicians and how to respond to them. At first, when we first started doing this, which was like you know, 15, 16 years ago, the kids were a little restless and didn't seem to know how to tune in or respond. But over the years, the staff there have helped us. And uh, this year, we're planning to do th three performances at the schools after our three concerts. That's great. And if a student has been at the school for the whole time over their school career, they've probably heard <laughs> quite a few great musicians. 
They have, and, and a variety of, uh, of combinations of instruments, all the way from banjo yes. and uh, fiddle, you know, and... Uh, bassoons. Bassoons, yeah. <laughs> so we've had the, we said the gamut. Let me ask a question about the age of COVID. Has it been easier or harder to book acts in the age of COVID? Are any of the groups kind of out of business after an 18-month hiatus? That's that's hard on some of the groups, I'm sure. No, I, I think it's quite the opposite. They're chomping at the bit to, to get out and play again. We haven't had anyone call us and say, no, we we can't make it because whatever, you know. Um, so they, I think they're anxious to get out here and, and, and start playing, and the quicker the better, the, the more the better. One of the things that's happened within concert over the years is we're known outside the community, and we, we don't have to go searching for groups. They contact us all the time. I can understand that. What goes into choosing the groups or choosing the three groups for the season? You know, over the years, we've we've had various ways that we did it. Uh, in the early years, we had oh maybe five or six uh, applicants, maybe more than that, send us recordings. We'd meet as a board, and we would listen to each of these recordings, and we'd discuss it and, and decide which ones we wanted to perform. Over the years, though, we've become popular, I guess, and people know of us that uh, we know kind of ahead of time what the groups sound like, and, and it's not quite the same process. We just kind of, we know the, we know the group, we know the reputation, and uh, the board gets together and decides. We've said that a group will not be invited back um, until two years have passed. Okay. Yeah. And I remember when I was on the board, the listening parties, and between the two of you and some of the rest of the board, like David Niemeyer, those groups were pretty well known uh, going in. Yes. What are a few of the most memorable concerts for the two of you over the years? You know, it's uh, thinking of the... the uh, Veronica String Quartet, one of the unique things I thought and, and kind of unique for this, this particular area was um, it snowed the day of their concert, the day before the concert, and we weren't sure they were going to be able to, to get here. I actually, um, they didn't drive, or at least they said that they wouldn't drive in the snow, and I'm not sure they even drove themselves. And I went down, picked them up in Pueblo, drove them back up the canyon, and uh, one of the comments made by uh, one of the string players was they had been talking to uh, some of the people in the, uh, during the intermission, and some of the people actually said, well, we got here cross-country skis from our house, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of unique. <laughs> That's funny, and that is a Westcliff moment uh, <laughs> for sure. I think some of the highlights for me have been when we've had a choral group come in and they've done a workshop and a performance with students from the school. It's really made an impression on the, the kids that these people take the time to come in and coach them and then sing with them. Ah, yes. I think for me, Evan Drockman, backed up by Richard Dowling, was quite the concert. Uh, he spent a fair amount of time talking about his instrument, which was a Stradivarius cello, 
And oh, it was fascinating. Plus, the music was really good. And then when Richard Dowling came back and played the Scott Joplin, I thought that was a home run for in concert. Yeah, the, those two concerts are the ones that we seem to get the most feedback on as we talk to people about what's gone on in the past. Interesting. To recap, the Rostrelli Cello Quartet is Sunday, October 24th at 2 o'clock at the Jones? Right. Okay. Is there anything else we should know as we head into that concert? We recommend getting your tickets in advance. Okay, that's, I like that strategy. We've been visiting with uh, Dan Epperson and Ruth Steele from In Concert, showcasing great classical music in the Valley. Uh, Dan and Ruth, thanks for stopping by and filling us in on the latest. You're very welcome. You're welcome. And let me remind you that David Niemeyer, who is a board member of In Concert, is also the longest-running DJ at KLZR. His program, Sunday Classics, 8 o'clock on Sunday night, uh, reprised at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night, uh, features all sorts of classical music. I highly recommend it. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 